0: Hey there, and welcome to the podcast of Real Life Spokane. We are so happy you are joining us today. We exist to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. And you can help us do that by liking, sharing, or subscribing to this podcast. Let's jump in. I want to look to God's word together today, and I'm believing that God is going to speak to you. So would you open your Bible to Luke chapter one with me today, Luke chapter one. you got a Bible app on your phone. Uh, we'll have stuff on the screen as well. Luke 1, uh, I believe God is going to speak. So let's pray and let's look to God's word together, Lord. We come to you in humility today asking you to meet us in this time that you pour out your grace, your power, your truth right now, God. Help all of us, Lord. Whatever distractions, whatever things are going through our mind, we just quiet our hearts and our minds right now, Jesus. Whatever pride, whatever fear, whatever things are getting in the way, God, just ask you to just take that right now. God, help me not to say too much, too little. God, I'm just depending on your spirit in this time. Lord, we are all here together, ready to meet with you, God. Would you meet us here in a powerful way? We love you. We trust you. Can you say amen today? Amen. Jesus came to bring great joy. This conversation that we have been having the last several weeks together is that the angel declared to the shepherds, hey, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Uh, joy is something that Jesus came to bring to every single one of our lives, yet yet it doesn't take much, does it, to zap the joy out of our hearts and our minds. Fear is one of those things. Fear can just undermine joy in your heart in such a quick moment. Yesterday, I was... Um, In a snowball fight with my nephew. We were way up in the mountains together. And um, he's eight, and I was winning. And, uh, that's just what happens when you're an uncle, right? And uh, he's awesome, though, and, and we were at it for, for a long time. My shoulder is sore today because I was just winging him at him. And uh, one, one moment, though, like he turned weird and, and, and the snowball caught his shoulder and then hit him in the chin. And I'm like, oh, no, did I just knock out my nephew? Like in a moment, right, fear can change everything. Did I take out a tooth? Did I black his eye? Like what, what just happened? Got a phone call last week from my oldest daughter. She's sobbing on the phone as as I pick up the phone, like dad's worst nightmare, right? Uh, In the snow, slid into another car, like, oh, and and, and thankfully she, everybody's fine. But just like that feeling, right? When fear, dread just grabs you, grips you, and, and begins to own you. Joy, the furthest thing from my mind in that moment, right? Joy for many of us is hard to come by because of fear in our lives, because of the, the, the things that have seemed to grip our heart and our mind and are owning us, our thoughts are controlling our mind. They're, they're overwhelming you constantly. Maybe it's fear of how this holiday season is going to go, supposed to go, used to go. Uh, maybe it's fears about the state of your family right now and the state of your marriage or where your kids are at. Fear has this propensity to just own us and control us. But I believe that Jesus came in a, very time, in a time where fear was reigning and ruling in lots of people's hearts. In fact, he comes in Luke chapter 1 into a young girl's life, Mary, in a way that would cause an, a tremendous amount of fear, a way that really ruined her life and, and the things that she probably had planned and the things that she wanted to do and how she pictured everything was going to go. And, and, and God just interrupted in a massive way in her immediate response of fear. God speaks into. God leads her through. Here's what I want you to see as we read Luke chapter 1. is Just watch. God is so gracious. He is so compassionate. He is so loving. He is leading Mary by the hand through this tumultuous moment where she is finding out she is going to be the mother of the Son of God. This is a moment that would just wreck All of our lives, and yet you see this young girl being led by the grace of God through this moment. Luke chapter 1, look at verse 26 with me. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. Again, God sent. God is moving. God is working. God is the powerful one in this story. He sent this angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Listen to Mary's question. How will this be? How is this going to happen, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? She's doing the math. Usually pregnancy doesn't happen this way, angel, right? It takes a little more than this. The angel answered her, hang on, Mary. The Holy Spirit, he will come on you, and the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, I love God's grace here. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. God is doing miracles all around you, Mary. I don't, I know you don't think that this is possible or don't think that this can happen, but trust me, God is up to something miraculous right now. I love how God gives him, gives Mary this little picture into what's happening with Elizabeth. She who was unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I want you to hear that. Whatever God said, God does. Whatever God promised, God fulfills. So Mary responds. I love this response. I'm the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. May it be done as you have said, angel. And so the angel left her. When you see this story, there's this this amazing grace of God that is coming to Mary and leading Mary through this massive conversation. And I think that this is such a cool picture for us to go, hey, how do we, in the midst of fearful things, fearful times, fearful news, you know, stuff happening, fearful everything, everybody's afraid of something right now. How do we have great joy? How do we, like Mary, have this kind of posture where God is leading us by the hand through tumultuous times and leading us not just so that we're okay, but so that the purpose of God is continuing to be worked out in us and through us. And like, how do we be a people who aren't captured by fear just like everybody else, but actually have joy, not like fake joy, right? Like gritting your teeth joy, but actual joy, where you're filled with a sense of overwhelmed gratitude and humility and like, wow, God, you are at work in my life and through me and around me. And people are being changed by by you, God. Like, how does that kind of joy come about? See, I. I really want for us as a people to experience this kind of joy. And I believe that this season, this time of year, God wants to bring that to your heart. So, so, so just kind of like taking a deep breath today and go, where does this come from? First, I, I want you to see this, that God is the one doing all of this. God is the powerful one. God is the one making promises. God is the one that's leading this. He has purpose. He's in charge. He's sending the angel. He's speaking to Mary. He is making Mary pregnant. He is, he is making Elizabeth the barren one, now with, with child. He is making... So, so, so wherever you feel weak and powerless, don't, don't focus on those places because God is the powerful one. You're not. You never were and never were intended to be, right? And that is not where our faith resides is not in ourselves, but in the one who calls us by name and has purpose for our lives. See, Faith and fear are really kind of the, the fulcrum here, where we, we tip over into fear when we're only thinking about ourselves and our inadequacies and our past and the pain that's been caused to us through the things we've done to other people. But when faith begins to rise, then we can then we can begin to look at the promise of God for our lives, the power of God, what he can do through us, even though we're messed up, even though we've got all this stuff and trouble, and, and even though our world is falling apart, and even though everything seems to be so crazy god you can do something you are doing something my heart is not filled with faith in myself or in this world my heart is filled with faith in what god the powerful one can do god can make a virgin pregnant right that, that, that the crux of the christmas story starts right here in this miracle that jesus is born of a virgin not infected with the sinful nature that you and i are born with but but pure of that because By the Holy Spirit, Jesus was put into Mary. And this is such a miracle for us just to kind of like, hang on. Like, like we're talking about Christmas, right? And there's a lot of things around Christmas. But this is an absolute miracle that we are talking about for this whole month here. Jesus came, born of a virgin. God is doing something that only God can do. And this, for for me, is so important that we just settle here and go, wow. Wow. God has always been up to the the all-powerful things that only God can do. We're humans. We're finite. We're limited. We're broken. We have all these things that would cause us to be fearful, but God has always been about these powerful things. See, even the point of Jesus coming is to conquer fear in people's lives. The point of Jesus coming is saying, hey, Death no longer has to control you or be your master. You no longer have to be afraid of death, afraid of your sin, of all your brokenness. You can be right with God now because a Savior who is perfect and sinless has come into this world and is sacrificing himself on your behalf so that you could be made right with God. Fear no longer has to own you because of Jesus, right? Like this is such a powerful story that we just kind of have to like, Back up from all the Christmas lights for a second, right? back up from all of the shopping and all the the stuff and go, wait a second, we are a people who have staked everything on the miracle of what God has accomplished through his son, Jesus Christ. And if you don't have faith in Jesus yet, know that you're sitting in a room full of crazy people that have put their faith in Jesus Christ, all right? We wholeheartedly have said, Jesus, you are our savior. We need salvation. We can't save ourselves. It is only by your grace and by your love and by your power that we can be set free from fear. And so that is everything for us. We are a people of faith, not fear, right? We are people that have chosen to put our faith in the power of God. And I love how good God is in this story to Mary. And I think for for many of us going, okay, Richie, I love it. I want to have that joy deep down in my heart, right? Like I want that it's really, for me, it is It is so much more simple than I think we make it. I don't feel joyful a lot of times. I am... By nature, I'm always fixing things. So if if there's something wrong, I want to fix it. I want to make it better. I want to, I want to lead it. I want to, I want to inspire it, right? If you're struggling, I want to get you smiling by the end of our conversation, right? Like, like there's just this sense in me. And so what that causes me to do is always focus on what's broken, what's not fixed, what needs to be fixed, right? Like so I'm always seeing like the negative. And it's so simple sometimes for me to lose lose that faith and that joy, and it's so important for all of us, I believe, just to be reminded of the power of God, the promise of God. I love what the angel said to Mary. No word from God will fail. Not a single word that God has spoken will fail, Mary. When you think about that for a second, it's really, really powerful for you to just settle your heart there and go, wait a second. So everything that God has ever said in scripture will come to pass. Everything that he said about you. See, see what fear does. The enemy leverages it and he gets you to forget who you are, what God has done, is doing, can do the enemy takes fear and he he mixes it with with lies And and he begins to lie to you about your past and how how big of a deal it is, and how nobody will love you now, and why that's such a big deal in your future, and he gets you to minimize the promise of God in your life, that God loves every single one of us, that he sees you, knows you, has called you by name, like he has purpose for you individually, he knit you together in your mother, he knows exactly who you are, and the enemy wants to use fear to get you to forget all of that. And, and so then you're just swirling in fear and, and frustration and isolation and, and, and you think you have nothing and nobody and nothing can happen good or whatever. Like He he loves to suck the joy out of your life this way. And so the promise of God is so important. This is how simple it is for me. I mean, we talked about this in the winning the, the war in your mind conversation that we had a, a couple of months ago. It's so important for me to just to kind of settle my brain down because it's like on overdrive all the time. and go, wait a second. God, you You've chosen me. I was doing this this morning at five something this morning. God, you've called me by name. I, it wasn't my idea. It was your idea. <laughs> it, God, you're the one that, that's empowering me. God, you're the one that's saving me. You're, you're the one, God, that's choosing me to be who you're calling me to be. Every one of us has this opportunity to have this conversation and begin to remind your mind and tell your heart the truth. That God loves you. That God has purpose for you. No matter what seems to be swirling and stealing your joy right now, that God is the powerful one, and he is working, and he is leading, and he wants you to know this. Like for me, sometimes I'm just telling God what God already told me. God, you told me that you would never leave me nor forsake me. God, I'm just telling my heart that right now because I kind of feel alone. Right? Like, I got to be reminded, God, that you said you would never leave. You would never give up on me. You would never walk away. God, you said you had the power to move mountains. If I had faith as small as a mustard seed, you said I could say to that mountain, go throw yourself into the sea. I don't know how practical that is, God, but this feels like Everest in front of me right now. Would you throw it into the sea? Get it out of the way, God. Get it out of my heart. Get it out of my mind. Like, this is what the conversation sounds like in my heart and my mind so much of the time. Just declaring the promise of God over your life and reminding yourself of the truth. See, when you and I do this, fear just minimizes in comparison to the power of God. It has nothing to do with you figuring out your situation and trying to solve the fears that you're wrestling with. It has everything to do with getting your eyes on God and the power of God, the promise of God, and reminding your heart of who he is. God, you said you would rescue captives. You promised that you would open the eyes of the blind. God, you you said that you're not slow in keeping your promise, but you're patient. You're not willing that anyone would perish, but everyone would come to repentance. See, this is all scripture that I'm telling you right now. This is promise from God's word, leading your own heart to a place of overcoming fear, filling yourself with faith. And this is why we need each other. This is what Jesus church is all about. Not to come in here and and just kind of lick our wounds together and be like, man, life's hard. Everything's messed up, right? This is not what your connect group is about, right? It's not about commiserating. It's about encouraging each other in the faith, Keeping each other inspired toward the purpose of God for your life. It's about you and I being reminded that there is a powerful God that has saved us and wants to lead us toward his potential for our lives and that we get to do this together, right? And and, and the Bible says that you you should encourage each other daily. As long as it is called today, that's how often we need encouragement. Giving each other courage to keep going in this thing. So, so reminding your heart, declaring the promise of God over your life is how, how faith starts to rise and fear starts to diminish. That's where joy really starts to get in the mix is when you can see that God is at work. You think Mary hung up the phone with this angel and was like, well, that was weird. No, I mean, she's like, that was Gabriel. Like, an angel just came and visited me. God, I, I just can't even imagine the joy that just started to fill her heart in this moment. Like, wow, God, you're up to something supernatural. I'm your servant. I don't know what this means. You're going to overshadow me, whatever that means, right? Like, I'm going to be pregnant, but God, I'm in. I, I don't care what it means, but I'm in. And here's what I love about Mary's response. It's a response of servanthood. It's a response of getting my eyes off myself and onto the purpose of God. This is so important to restore joy in your heart. See, fear does this. It perpetuates this self-centered focus. What I don't have, how bad I am, how messed up my life is, my finances are, my marriage is, my kids are, blah, 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 blah right? It's rehearsing the brokenness. Fear just traps us in this whirlpool of, of rehearsing the brokenness. And somehow we gotta break that power over ourselves, declare the promise of God, and then begin to move our focus off of ourselves into a place of sacrifice and servanthood this is what god wants for our lives is to lead you to a posture of servanthood not self-serving right where now you're going wow i love how she closes this this conversation with the angel verse 38 i am the lord's servant whatever you've said may it be done to me if that's what god wants i'm in and i think for you and i just to kind of hear this for a moment is so important that we go whoa God is wanting to do something supernatural in your life and through you. He is wanting to work powerfully. And sometimes we become our own kind of worst enemy in this thing where we're so consumed with the fears and the the anxieties of what we don't have and can't make happen and won't work and blah, blah, blah. We're just rehearsing the brokenness, right? And God is going, no, I want to do something supernatural. Would you get your focus off yourself and let me, the all-powerful one, do that work through you? Right, And stop being so consumed with what you don't have and who you aren't and where you've been and how broken it's always been. Stop, I'm God, you're not. I already know all that, right? And I want to do something supernatural through you. Put your heart in a posture of servanthood, sacrifice. Sacrifice breaks the bonds of fear in your life. They do, they cut those strings that have grabbed you and entangled you in in this posture of, of just rehearsing it over and over and over again so important that you just go, wait a second. I'm going to learn to sacrifice. I am the Lord's servant. A posture of sacrifice puts our focus on others and off of ourselves. This is super practical. Declare the promises of God. Remind your heart of who he is and what he's been doing and what he's calling you to. And then start serving. Do what God's telling you to do see this this posture of servanthood and obedience that Mary models in this story I mean it's it's overwhelming in real life when you think about what she's sacrificing her reputation her future her plans the marriage that she's she's planning with Joseph everything is going to change for some of us it's just in a completely different orbit, this kind of sacrifice that Mary is showing us in this passage. But I think it's so good because fear is owning a lot of us. And sacrifice, starting to sacrifice, begins to fill you with joy. Like, oh, it's not me, it's God. It's God working through me to help other people. It's not my glory, it's God. God's goodness, it's his favor, it's his, his kingdom, not my stuff and my my own little world that I'm trying to kind of figure out. God's gonna take care of all of that. See, sacrifice, servanthood unlocks this opportunity. See, fear, fear could have kept Mary from obedience. Just think about this. If Mary would have said, nah, I'm good. Thanks, Gabriel. Think about what was at stake. The savior of the world was being brought through this young woman. The one that came to set captives free, to break the bonds of fear in all of mankind. Jesus was coming through Mary. And her obedience unlocked the opportunity for all of us to experience freedom from fear. For all of human history to be changed. I just think, like, what could happen if you and I would get beyond ourselves and go, wait a second, how can I serve? How can I sacrifice? How can I be a part of something beyond me, kingdom-oriented, God's work through me? That, That opportunity is something that Mary was able, through her fear and through all of this interaction, she was able to recognize, all right, I am the Lord's servant. May it be done to me as he has said. Whatever he wants, that's what I want. Just think about. 1 John 4.18 says there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. That when you and I can just settle our hearts on the love of God that he's poured out for us and begin to invite that love to move through us to other people, joy just fills your heart. Sacrifice keeps you out of survival fear traps you in survival those that are serving are filled with joy filled with so much hope i just think i want to call this today to a practical very practical sacrifice as a church we have always been focused beyond these walls i mean our whole mission reach the world for jesus one personality it plays out in so many different ways. We've raised up churches, planted churches. We've sent people. We're sending missionaries right now to Southeast Asia, Caleb and Josie Lynn. Planted a church in Ethiopia last year. And I remember 2009 was actually the first time I ever went to Ethiopia personally. Trained church planters. I was getting ready to come plant this church. I had no business training church planters. But but God opened the door for us to be able to go and to be able to be with those pastors and those leaders in Ethiopia was such a humbling experience. And God spoke and led and and really confirmed my call to come here and plant this church through that trip. And here we are, however many years later, 12 years later, planting a church last year in Ethiopia. Just thinking about the miracle. (laughs) God was just talking to my wife and I this weekend, just going, remember, I've done all of this." Him him, just saying, Richie, Katie, I've done this. I've been working. I was working in 09. I was working in 2010 when I told you to come plant here. I was working in 2020 when everybody thought i quit working, right? I, I was working using you to plant that church, you real life, to plant that church in Ethiopia. And yet many of you have been praying with us because we've Since we planted that church, our hearts have just been fuller and bigger for Ethiopia. You've known and seen all the news, the conflict that Ethiopia is in right now, it's bad. Fear is just dominating so many hearts over there right now, specifically kids. We teamed up with some friends called Compassion. They actually helped us identify 200 kids right all within walking distance of our church right there in Ethiopia. These kids are trapped in poverty, trapped in hopelessness, trapped in fear. I love this definition of poverty from the guys at Compassion. It's the inability to secure the resources and opportunities needed to meet basic human needs, preventing a person from realizing their God-given potential. Most of all, poverty is a lack of hope, the belief that life will never change. As we've been praying about today, for the last couple of months, I've been praying about that last line right there, that belief that life will never change. So that's why we're here as a church in Spokane, because our city has been trapped in darkness and fear. These kids all around our church plant in Ethiopia are trapped in that same spot. I remember when somebody handed me a check when we were coming to plant here. They said, my daughter's in Spokane said, I don't want you to cash this if you ever plan on giving up on that church in Spokane. Showed it to our team at the time. I'm like, look, we're cashing this baby, right? We're not giving up. You know what drove that dad to write that check was that his daughter was here in Spokane. We need a church in Spokane that's gonna bring life to those who are trapped. We need people who are willing to see kids that are trapped in poverty in Ethiopia, say hey we're going to be Jesus people Jesus church we don't run away from difficulties and problems we run towards it Jesus was always in the middle of the broken places with broken people bringing life and hope joy some of those kids parents have been praying I think about how many desperate prayers they're praying right now through this conflict in Ethiopia Go, God what if we could be like Mary was for us an answer to prayer salvation praying for hope, praying for life. She responds to God's leading in her life. God brings Jesus, the Savior of the world, through her. I'm believing that God wants to call us, you, you know, all of us as a church, to respond and say, hey, let's do something. Let's, let's adopt these kids in Ethiopia. This is the practical sacrifice that I think God wants to invite us into today. And I believe that God can do something supernatural through you. He can bring... He could bring food, clothing. He could bring education. He could bring discipleship. He could bring the gospel to these kids in Ethiopia. And Here's what I love about compassion. They don't go over there and set up a big sign. of like, hey, we're compassion. We're here to help. These people in America gave us a bunch of money. Let's do this thing, right? Not at all. Everything they do is through the local church. So what the kids in Ethiopia would know is that Jesus' church loves me. Jesus' people are discipling me, are leading me, are giving me food and clothing. I love that because there's, there's an opportunity for us, Jesus Church in Spokane, to be connected with Jesus Church in Ethiopia. And every single one of these kids are living right there. These are kids right around our church there that I believe that God wants to help you identify and understand, hey, that's somebody that I can, I can build a relationship with begin to love and write letters to and, and connect with, that this is like a commitment that we are saying as a church, we're not just going to like, you know, throw a few dollars at this thing. We want to actually long-term walk with these kids toward their completely released to poverty. They're 18, 20 years old, whatever that looks like. And, and for many of us, it's going to be the beginning of a life-changing journey where you're building a relationship with these kids in Ethiopia my dream is that as we go over there as a church to go encourage our church planters to meet with them and train them and be encouraged by them, that you'll get a chance to go, that you'll get to meet these kids, that you'll get to say hi. I mean, one of the, the kids that we met, uh, he's grown up now. He's not a kid anymore. And his sponsor, like you, was his best man in his wedding. I mean, that's relationship. And I think you and I have an opportunity just to go, hey, let's, we've got fearful times. There's a lot of, to be afraid of. But the promise of God, no word from God will ever fail. We have an opportunity to get beyond ourselves and start sacrificing and say, hey, let's, let's adopt a kid. 38 bucks a month. Let's say, let's, let's do it. Maybe you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Maybe it's your connect group together is adopting a couple of kids. Or maybe you're, you're, you are know, heard about a grandparent that started adopting a kid for every one of his grandkids. So they write letters to the kids in, in, in the other part of the world, and he writes the check for all those kids. See, I believe that God wants to speak to all of us and say, hey, let's just do something practical this Christmas season. And let's push back darkness in a place that's very filled with fear right now. Let's be a people who respond and and see what God does with it. It takes faith to go, I don't know how this is going to turn out for each of us, but I'm believing that God wants to do something supernatural through you. So in a minute, these guys are going to lead us in a song. As they start singing, we're going to invite you forward. It's going to be a chance for you to just, as you're ready, to kind of prayerfully walk up here, see these kids, see their faces, see their names, see their birthdays, there's a young one over here that has the same birthday as me. Maybe God wants to just speak to you specifically and I believe God wants to lead you to one of these children specifically. Respond. Take one with you back to your seat. There's a little card in there that you fill out. Both sides of it you tear it off and then you drop it in the black box when you when we leave in a few minutes today. But I don't want us to leave just kind of trickle out. I want, I want to just worship together. Respond to I'll close us in prayer today in a few minutes, but this is a chance just to go, God, use us. We wanna be your church. We want to push past the fear. We wanna put our focus on you and trust you, God, to use us as a church to give freedom to these kids that are stuck in fear and hopelessness right now. Just stand your feet with me today? Jesus is your church. We just stand before you in humility and surrender. God, I pray that you would speak to everyone in this room right now. You'd speak life. speak hope. You'd remind them that you love them, that you've called them out of darkness, God. Lord, as we just turn our hearts to sacrifice, I pray, God, that you would just pour out your spirit in this time, that you would lead us to the perfect children, the right ones for us, God, that you would lead us to a place of sacrifice, that you would call us, God, beyond ourselves, and that this Christmas time, God, would be a time where we know that you've called us and used us, God, to release people from fear, to give people a chance, these kids a chance to experience hope in you, God. God, we're just believing that you're going to do something powerful. We just say yes to you right now, Jesus. We love you. We trust you. Thanks again for tuning into the Real Life Spokane podcast. We hope this podcast encouraged you and pointed you closer to Jesus. If God has been leading you through this week's message and you want to adopt a child, please follow the link in the description and we would be happy to walk you through that process. We love you, Real Life. See you later.